0: Welcome to Jacqueline Explores, the podcast where we explore science, somatics, and social change. I'm your host, Jacqueline Shea. I'm an embodiment coach, facilitator, researcher, and science communicator. After 10 years in public health and health tech, my own trauma healing journey brought me to somatics. In this podcast, I'll share the cutting-edge science and somatic frameworks and tools that change my life and will help you feel better, move through stress, heal trauma, and live the life of your dreams. But that's not all. I'll also highlight why and how most individual issues have systemic roots and the social change work being done and needed to create a world in which we can all thrive. Let's explore. Hello, dear one. I'm so excited to record this today because tomorrow is the six-month anniversary of Jacqueline Explores, and I've been looking back and re-listening and just feeling so proud of myself in these conversations. Um, unfortunately, some Wi-Fi issues at my new home have led to the awesome interview that was supposed to be published um, being postponed, and So I decided to do an episode on something that I've been really sitting with, which is the idea of living seasonally, honoring the season of life that you're in, um, aligning your life to nature's seasons and cycles, um, and how that's basically radical, very anti-capitalist and deeply somatic. Um, I've lived in the Bay for the past five years, so first in Oakland then in San Francisco, and the Bay does have seasons. Um, however, from the perspective of someone who grew up in St. Louis, who lived in Chicago for five years, like it's, it, it's not the same. And in San Francisco in particular, it kind of felt like it was just 65 year-round. Sometimes it would be more 60. On a lucky day, 70, 75. But you always needed your puffy jacket. And we didn't really have summer. The fog would roll in. They had a heat wave in the past few weeks. Very classic for late September, early October. And so we had our seasons. But, you know, growing up, I had I had the crisp fall. I had the snowy winter with snow days. I had the burst of green in the summer and then very hot and humid uh, summers going to the pool. So for me, seasons are so distinct. And, you know, by now I've lived in many cities, oh, giddy and excited to be back living in a place with real seasons and i've only been here for about a month and a half but already i'm tracking how the season has changed so i got here beginning of september we had the fall equinox around september 23rd there's kind of different opinions on exactly but um which is basically the midway point between the um yeah the 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 spring or sorry the winter um solstice and the summer solstice and Um, we are now, you know, every day the, the sun sets a little earlier. You can track it on your weather app. You can, your, your body is tracking it, whether you are in other ways. Um, and just this past weekend, we had our first cold front. So it's like, burr, damn, got down to the thirties. Like you actually need to turn the heat on. You actually need to bundle up. It's time for wool socks, an extra blanket on my bed, and instead of having my my breakfast outside every morning, I was bundling up. But now it's like, it's too cold for that. I'll have my lunch outside. I'm still trying to savor every moment. Um, and it's fascinating how the moment, um, you know, it got really cold. I was like, oh, I just want to cuddle. I just want to be cozy. It's time to make soup. It's time to light a candle. Like these, these hibernating kind of types behaviors came on. So you know, not all of us live in a place with such extreme seasons, or maybe not extreme, but just very marked in a way that it it feels different in a more in in a more obvious way rather than a subtle way, which I experienced in the Bay. Um, so this might resonate more if you've live if you do or have lived in places with seasons. But I think there's real merit even for those who it can feel the same to align with the seasons. And the thing is, at the at the core of what I believe, is that there is a season for everything. We cannot grow, 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 do, do, do every season, every quarter, month after month. Capitalism says that we can, that we should, that that's what we should strive for. Many of us have employers that expect that, expect the same level of productivity every month, every day, every week. Um, you know, the stock market, certainly it companies to not only have stable earnings, but increased earnings. And that is just not how nature works. It's not. And even um, in climates and regions that quote unquote, don't have seasons, they do, they do. It might be more subtle of like, you know, there's not snow, but there's a dry season and there's a wet season. There's a season when the flowers on the cactus bloom and there's a season when they don't. Um, And, you know, so if we kind of look at these different seasons, they each have wisdom. We can see that in plants, but I think our body really evolved to follow that wisdom. And so much of our modern struggles, you know, may be related to us not honoring that wisdom. So, you know, most obviously it's like winter is so clearly a time for rest. What do many animals do? They hibernate. They literally go to bed. Are they they try to use up as little energy as they can. Um, you know, all the plants mostly, not all. I shouldn't say all, but many plants stop growing. They look as if nothing has happened or nothing is happening. But also happening under the surface. Definitely a lot of growth happening under the surface and this building of energy as we have more sun. And then summer is this abundance of energy where All the hard work from the spring is now really showing. It's really fruiting. It's producing. Um, And when we have so much daylight and our bodies are like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And now we're in fall. And fall is such a time of surrender, of slowing down, of evaluating of preparing for winter for that hibernation for when we really don't have energy for when the resources we need we can't just pick off of a tree um metaphorically and also literally um and you know being physically in fall is is absolutely stunning like it's so nourishing me every time i see a red tree i'm just like oh my god um but i just learned something recently that is so beautiful and so symbolic and it is that during fall as trees are le- are you know dropping their leaves changing colors as the nutrients are leaving the leaves and then the leaf ultimately falls off um what the tree is doing is actually sending more energy to its roots and so its roots are being more resourced rather than the leaves or whatever that tree grows um you know if there's i don't know yeah, I'm not even going to go down the rabbit hole. Um, And, all, you know, all the energy is going into the roots to really stabilize, to really get nice and strong so that the during the winter there can be less action, just less, you know, the tree can go into hibernation mode. And then come spring, all the energy and resources can go to the leaves to grow leaves. sorry to the branches to grow leaves to fruit to whatever and this makes so much sense based off of my experience propagating plants and you know with that you you cut a few leaves off you put it in water it takes time for the roots to grow you know mainly there's no new leaves it's growing roots and you then you put it in a pot and what is the plant doing? It's growing roots. So again, you're not really seeing like the leaves aren't growing much. And then over time it starts to grow and grow and grow. And I mainly did this with pothos, which is a vine and it just grows so much. And, but then if you put it in a new pot, it actually, again, you're not gonna see growth outwardly cause it's gonna expand its leaves to support this new structure. It's gonna grow outward and grow the root system, the base, the foundation. And so there's these two themes that I'm really sitting with lately, which is one, surrender. What am I letting go of? What as, What is no longer needed? What am I carrying on that just like carrying that I don't need? Um, and I think sometimes when we do this, we're really dramatic about it. Our, I'll speak for myself. I'm really dramatic about it. Many of us journal on the full moons because that is a time historically of, of reflecting on what we're releasing and I've made some bold ex In some ways I am doing that now. <laughs> um, but at least what I'm currently experiencing is a real um, you know, coming to terms with what am I ready to root into, which is the second theme of of rooting and letting go as a way to root. That we can't, we often can't do both. We often can't do the outward, the energetic, if we haven't rooted and we often can't root at the same time nature doesn't do it and we are part of nature and and so asking ourselves what we're ready to let go of is often kind of flat it's kind of surface level it's like oh yeah 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 i want to let go of that okay but what are you ready for what are you ready to step into that requires a lighter load that means that you can't be bringing that old shit into this Um, What are you ready to create that requires roots and how do you reallocate your time and your resources, your energy, your vitality, your life to align with what you're wanting, with the roots, with the foundation needed for the life that you want? And this is so salient to me because I'm in a new place. And so I'm meeting people and I'm definitely like, I'm like, yeah, I just want to meet everybody. And I'm still being very discerning of who are the people that I really want to root a relationship with that I want to be intentional about that I really want to get to know you. And so for me, that means like, let's spend one-on-one time with people as well as in groups and being intentional about that. Um, I have a really cool idea for something that I don't want to share yet, but it's big and it honestly, it's bigness scares me. And yet I'm very clear that I'm like, oh, other things have to fall away if I'm going to do this. Cause if I'm focusing on all of this stuff, there's not enough time and energy for that. That thing needs roots. And so I'm reconfiguring what I offer in my business so that I can support myself while growing the roots for this thing that needs some big sturdy deeply connected roots um and so i want you to reflect on the symbolism of what can be released if i have fewer fewer you know resources less energy less time honey when the when the sun's setting at 5 p.m like how do you want to spend your time? It's a lot easier to maybe be less intentional when we have sun until nine, um, just as one example, but also the very real changing, changing weather. Um, I mean, again, like when I'm cold, I'm like, let's cuddle. <laughs> My desire to, to do work or to do things that are highly energetic is less and, and, and that's okay. Um, so what are you ready to let go of? But Maybe first, what are you wanting more of? What are you ready to root into? And with that comes this acceptance of like, okay, there's roots that are really built out, invested in um, during the fall. And then there is a period of kind of going dormant, of being, of existing, of maybe not over-efforting more than we really need to, which is so against how at least Americans uh, spend the winter, we go hard. Um, and so what needs to be nourished if they're truly, truly, truly are, are less resources? Um, which is how I feel when the sun sets at 5 PM, it's like, I'm tapped. You got all out of me that you're going to get today. Um, and you know, as we oriented at this time, we still have a few weeks before daylight savings, if you're listening to this, right. When it comes out, but as we orient to this, sh- this shift that for me, right. You know, it feels so salient right now in a way that it didn't when, the the equinox was just happening but um as we to this you know many of us struggle with our mental health more in the winter um either being diagnosed with or self-diagnosing with seasonal affective disorders sad um and there are very real causes and sunlight is absolutely a key one and i do just want to say like you know lamps help but also if you can just get outside as soon as possible in the morning within the first 30 minutes to an hour go for a walk just like be a lizard in the sun even if the sun is 30 degrees you know or that's what the outside temperature is i highly recommend and there's great data on that but um i think this is my humble opinion as well as others but i'm saying it is You know, maybe we wouldn't have seasonal affective disorder if we honored the wisdom of that season. If we honored, wow, I have less energy. Maybe I should do less. Maybe I should sleep more and be more intentional with the energy I have. I'm not saying don't do anything, still work out, still be social. But maybe working 40 hours a week and ending my workday when the sun goes down isn't actually doable in the winter. Maybe something like working more like 20 hours a week so that we have the time to do those other things for ourselves, but we can do more rest in the winter. Maybe that'd be more supportive. And so there still might be a general gloom or tiredness, but it may not be depression if we do not have to push our bodies past their capacity in such a way that our bodies then protest with such extreme sadness, fatigue, lethargy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I think for me, that's such a clear example of like, what if we worked with the wisdom of the season rather than against it? And fall is a transition to that place. And so as you're thinking about, okay, how do I do some self-care in advance, knowing like, oh yeah, December, January, February, those are hard months. Maybe we don't go into those with like just Optimism of like, I'm just gonna do it all just like I always do. It's like, well, maybe, you know, maybe what you do in the summer is not what you do in the winter. And how can the fall be a time of preparing for that? Again, of rooting. So maybe you need to root into relationships because you tend to feel isolated in the winter. How can you do that now so that they are there when you need them? What are the hobbies that you can start cultivating now so when there's less energy? those pathways are built um what are the somatic tools you can develop now when you're fairly regulated so that when your system has less energy when you are more in a shutdown state those tools are somewhat embodied they're easier to enable and what are you going to let go of so that you're not carrying the same load that you are now when there's less light in the day when there's less energy when you're animal body wants to rest i'm an overdoer i'm an overachiever i'm someone who's like i can do all of that and i'll be honest in many ways i consistently feel like i've bitten off more than i can chew um i love that about myself i like i love the the optimism and i love the drive and and yet i'm very much in a season of like i cannot do it all by myself how do i get support what actually doesn't need to get done? What can someone else do? How can we change this? How can how can I be more so doing what I want to be doing and less of what I don't want to be doing? And part of that is entrepreneurship privilege. Don't get me wrong though, like there are many hard aspects and I have to pay people and I have to figure out how to, you know, make enough to pay people. And, and it's it has its challenges. And I I really want to validate that there's jobs where there's not much flexibility. There's homes where there's just stuff that's got to get done. Someone has to do it. Um, And, you know, often we do have more choice than we realize. There's ways to get flexible. There's ways to shift. There's, you know, um, there's creativity and flexibility to some degree. And often that starts with us reflecting on what's not working. What's too much? What are the trade-offs of if I want to do this, then I can't do that? Or if I, you know, we we all have 24 hours in the day. How do we want to spend them type deal? Um, and from that point of reflection of what am I rooting into, what am I letting go of what needs to be adjusted? How can I start those conversations? Maybe it's not possible, but you never know if you don't try. Um, yeah, I, and I think the other thing I just want to say is there is so much wisdom in this period where we are also thinking about death you know, that is very much so the theme of the fall and the winter. The plants around us in many ways look like they're dying. They're changing colors and then losing their leaves, losing what they fruit, what they grow. And then they go through this period of, of being barren. And I think our culture really struggles with death, but how can you think about death in a way that's supportive, in a way that recognizes that actually nothing ever dies. It just changes form. So the energy that was in those leaves is now in the roots. That's beautiful. So it can create new life for next year and beyond. Um, How can you mourn your dead so that you can continue to be connected with them and be nourished by that relationship, even though the person may not be there? How can you mourn what you're letting go of? How can you mourn the hopes and aspirations you had for this year that didn't happen? Because life changed. Life happened. Um, and so when you're in the dark of winter, that death or that absence of life doesn't feel so profound. And for many of us who have lost a loved one, the holidays are hard. Um, so I'm not kind of, I don't mean to necessarily say like grieve now, so you don't have to grieve later, but more so as we're in a season of shifting of what feels like going within hibernating and in some ways dying how can we approach that from an intentional way where we're feeling all the feelings we're getting clear on what we are ready to release what is ready to essentially die and fall away and what are we ready to to cultivate and to plant and to root so those are just some reflections take them leave them um you know get somatic about it go spend time in nature contemplate on leaves like notice their beauty and let it stir in you, whatever it stirs within you. Journal, do my body scan meditation. Um, And at the very least, consider how can I live more in alignment with how my body um, is during the season? What does my body need? Am I needing more rest? Do I need to change my wake up and bedtime as the daylight and the daytime changes? Um, How can I honor the wisdom of what's here, such as my body needing rest with, you know, things like exercise intentionally to give myself maybe some of the happy chemicals that we get inherently just more of during the summer. And yeah, reflect on what living cyclically means to you. Reflect on what season of life you're in what parallels there are to the current season and how you can radically honor this season of life. Maybe you are in a season of life that's full of growth, full of outward budding. Great, honor that. And if you're not, honor whatever one you're in and see how when you live cyclically with the seasons, honoring your own seasons might be easier. Maybe, maybe not it's, it's up to you to find out. Um, as you might know, my biggest, um, recommendation is to experiment, design and experiment and try, see what happens. So experiment with aligning with the season, with contemplating these questions, with letting go and rooting down and seeing what that does for you. I hope this resonates. And as this is coming out on the six month anniversary of Jacqueline, its being launched. I have a few special asks. So one, if you haven't left a five star review, please do that. It's so helpful in making this findable. Um, If you really like this podcast, share it with loved ones directly. Text it to them. Um, You can text the entire one. You can text specific links, follow us. Me, it's, it's mostly me, but I now have people, people who help. <laughs> um, and if you listen on Apple, please leave a written review. So, you know, write out what you like, why you listen, what you've learned. Basically these different ways of engaging, following, giving a five-star rating, writing a comment, as well as sharing, downloading is also really helpful. These are all things that algorithmically are supportive. Um, I love what I'm doing here and I wanna keep doing it. And it's really helpful when more people find it, more people share it. So please support in any way you can. Um, I have a special, a special offering for people who share it on Instagram and tag me. Um, but you'll just you'll just have to share it to find out. All right, till next week. Bye. All right, that's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed what you just heard, found it valuable, and want to keep exploring with me, please click follow. To help others learn about this, make sure to give me a five-star rating, write a review, and share it with all your people. To learn more about my work, go to JacquelineExplains.com and sign up for my email list so that you can receive life-changing somatic practices in your inbox. See you next week.